Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. J-Rod Concerts family. Is there anybody alive out there? Of course you are. Thank you guys for tuning in. Whatever you're doing, are you driving? Are you on a highway? Are you in the gym? Tell me where you are, you know? Shoot me an email, jamie at jrodconcerts.com. We always love hearing from our listeners. And uh, yeah, are you on an airplane? Where are you headed? But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Super stoked with today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, Hamish Anderson. I mean, really one of Australia's biggest musical acts right now. He was named one of Total Guitar's top 10 best new guitarists in 2018. Yahoo Music's top 10 best new artists. So yeah, welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, guys. This is Jamie Rodriguez, and what a doozy of, a, of an artist uh, Hamish is. Can't wait uh, for you guys to hear our interview with him. He uh, released uh, recently a fantastic new single called Everything Starts Again. The song really is, is an anthem about uh, overcoming obstacles and new beginnings and, you know, how sunlight always comes after midnight, that kind of thing, which is a universal truth for everybody. And, uh, yeah, Hamish has an incredible story. Uh, you know, he's been profiled, of course, by NPR and a whole bunch of places. He's performed, you know, top by Southwest 11 times in 2017. He's opened for BB King. Listen to this, actually. He was the last person to play uh, with BB King. I mean, BB King's last show before he passed. We talk about that in the show. He's also opened up for Gary Clark Jr. Yada, yada, yada. He's amazing. You guys will love him. So make sure to stick around for that. If you are new to the show, ladies and gentlemen, we do humbly ask to please click that subscribe button. Helps us quite a bit. And even give us a review if you're feeling uh, gen generous. Uh, all that stuff in the era of algorithms at the internet is always a nice little bump. You can for, you know, keeps us motivated, keeps us going, so let's do that. But anyway, without further ado, guys, let's get on with Everything Starts Again, Rockstar Hamish Anderson, and you can find out more about him on his website, which is uh, hamishandersonmusic.com. Hello, hello. There Help. you go. There What's you it? are. I know Hamish, you know, you probably love James Brown. I mean, you have many musical influences. You kind of get it. I, 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 we just figured you got it. You know, like, like songs like "What, What You Do to Me." You know, mm -hmm. that's some funky yeah. blues. That's some funky blues. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the stuff. That's what I was raised on. Was like, you know, blues music and soul music and rock and roll and all that good stuff. Exactly, exactly, yeah. man. And just, dude, super excited to have you. I mean, we celebrate your awesome new single. Of course, everything starts again. But really, we celebrate your whole career. I mean. The quality of your output since 2016, Hamish. I mean, how many artists can say they've done that in six years? Very few, man. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's funny. I think like since COVID and the lockdowns, you kind of have a chance to like go back and look at what you've done where usually you're just plowing through onto the next thing. And it is like the past few years, I've been able to look back at all that stuff. And it, it is like, I'm proud of that body of work. I mean, yeah, you were going nonstop there for a second, Hamish. I mean, I mean, there's, you know, some amazing performances. We saw, you know, a, a tape of you performing with Gary Clark Jr. Don't know you a thing. And mm -hmm. my God, man, I don't know. I didn't know you could make a guitar sound like an orchestra. You know what I mean? It was very <laughs> awesome. Oh, it's awesome to hear. Yeah, that was definitely like one of those moments, like those pinch me, you know, like I'm dreaming 
moments being able to do that with Gary. But then, like, Hamish, like, you say that, but, like, you sounded, you looked so darn confident. And, you know, a lot of our musicians here, friends in Nashville, they perform on stage with each other. And and I'm always curious, like, you know, you, you opened for B.B. King before he passed. Mm-hmm. You you played with Gary Clark. Are you, are there ever any nerves? Like, man, I don't want to fuck this up right now with Gary Clark Jr., you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially, like, yeah, before it, I get very nervous. Like, the B.B. King show, I remember in particular, that was, like, the first time really I was playing in like, you know, they, they were in big theaters with huge audiences. And before that I'd mostly done like clubs and, you know, pubs and things like that. So that one, I particularly remember being like lying in the bathroom, feeling like I'm going to throw up like right before <laughs> I have to go on stage. But then once you right. go on stage, it always just kind of like something switches and it's like lucid dreaming. You just kind of go into like a trance where you're like half conscious of the audience and half just in your own world right. and everything just kind of clicks, I guess, if you're lucky. Right. Right. And I, I do want to ask you about your songwriting, but since we're talking about DB King and mm-hmm. that it, it like, it, it's true that that, that was the last show before he passed. Is that, is that true? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. right when I went from Australia to America for like the first time. So it was 2014 right. and um, yeah, I just luckily, got to open for him on this tour and it was meant to be like you know six or seven dates and it ended up being two because on the second one that was when he fell ill at the house of blues in chicago right and after that he didn't play again so it was very like bittersweet kind of the high of being able to you know bb king meant so much to me growing up and still does obviously but was such an influence on me so it was like such a high to be able to open for him and then it was like the kind of crash of when the tour came off the rails Man, what an interesting feather on your cap that is, you know? Like, I remember, like, like we interviewed Mary Wilson of the Supremes in, like, late yeah, 2020, yeah. and that was the last interview before she passed. Yeah. And, and it's, like, it becomes, like, a weird point of reference in one's career, doesn't it? It it's does. Weird. It really does. But it's also just, like, you know, it's a testament to those. That's kind of a rare breed of musician and person that they, they do it up until they drop. Like, it's, like, <laughs> right. like, you know, it's, like, Keith Richards, like, hopefully he'll drop on stage probably because i'm sure that's the way he would want to yeah exactly it's like you know (laughs) it's like they're made from some sort of good stock that keeps going i guess yeah yeah for sure hamish absolutely man and you know we're thinking about your songwriting and you know you got us thinking i mean you mentioned you've mentioned before how you love you know writing on like the train you like Mm -hmm. you've talked about this before and you know willie nelson uh, we love Willie. He says that when he's stuck for ideas, when he's got like writer's block, Hamish, he goes for a drive. He just gets mm-hmm. up and drives, drives anywhere. Is this kind of like your remedy, like with the train? Like, do you have like little hacks like that? Like, do you just go for a ride, go for the train where you can just kind of like, you know, l- unclick it a little bit? Yeah, that definitely is good to do, I think, to kind of get out of just, you know, go somewhere that gets you out of your own head and people watching and things like that that you come up with you know, different ideas. But now, I mean, especially since COVID, I haven't, I haven't caught the train in a while, but now it's like, now basically through COVID, I did a lot of writing. And the thing I think that really has changed for me is like, I just have to kind of show up. Like I have to be present, get a guitar, get a piece of paper, show up and be like, I'm going to make something. Like now it's very much, I can like kind of harvest my energy into making something by just showing up to it and being present. Whereas like, if I'm just lazy and kind of blase about it, nothing's going to happen. But now it's like, if I pick up the instrument and I force myself to write, now I'm at a stage where I can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Man, for a long time, it. didn't really happen for me like that. So Interesting. It's yeah. like a post pandemic version of Hamish. I think so. I think it was like whenever, you know, when the thing of being able to play live had gone away, 
it was right. like all I had was basically writing and creating. And so it, it definitely upped how I write music and create and yeah, definitely changed that. Yeah. By the way, you're in Australia right now, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How are things there, like, you know, with, with, with the business? Because I, I know here in the U.S., it's actually like completely picked up. Like I know mm. a friend was in Atlanta yesterday and others were touring in Colorado. Like people are like out and about now. Is that, yeah. is that how you guys are over there? It's, it's kind of starting to now because we went through, I'm also in Melbourne where we went through right. like a, a lot of other places in Australia for the past two years weren't really affected by COVID, but Melbourne and then eventually Sydney, but Melbourne got hit really hard. So we were like, for the past two years, there were periods of time of maybe like seven months where we were just in lockdown and you couldn't go anywhere or do anything, see anyone, all that stuff. So it was right. like Melbourne, it, it's still kind of slowly bouncing back, but now it's like, you know, now gigs are finally happening again and cinemas are open and all these things. So, yeah. but it's been very much a bit of whiplash, like open, closed, open, closed. Yeah, good, man. Because everybody needs to hear everything starts again. Because what a song, dude. You've uncorked yeah. there. I mean, you've done some great stuff this year, but like this song, I mean, I think it's a response to the uncertainty of 2020, but yeah. I mean, it's like a timeless principle, right? How everything dies and everything is born again. It's such a beautiful, yeah. beautiful thing, man. But like, was the pandemic the thing that like pushed you to write this song or like, was this an idea from before? Yeah, it was funny. I wrote it very quickly. It must've been like right before the pandemic started. Like maybe it was like January of 2020. Right. And it was... I think it was like that, that phrase came to me and that's what I was thinking about how things go in cycles and things die and things are born and whatever. And it was like, it was literally like I was walking to get a cup of coffee and I wrote the first half of the song on the way to get it and the second half of the song on the way back. And then for some reason, when I wrote it, it was a bit more kind of like a country song. Like it was a bit more strummy and I liked the lyric side of it, but I wasn't that keen on the music side. So I just kind of put it away and then... In the middle of last year, when we were going through the lockdown, I just, for some reason, I was listening to this band called Big Star. That's a really great band. And I thought, what if I took the lyrics from the song I'd written and put it on a more kind of power pop, Big Star sounding song? Interesting. And that's when it like came together. And and yeah, I think it was on my mind because especially with the pandemic, it gave it like a new kind of meaning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I, I, it, that's fascinating, Hamish. When you say put it away, because I, I always think that's that's fantastic. Like, man, like, how do you guys keep track of so many? Like, you know, again, we have friends that are singer songwriters, and in Nashville, you write twenty songs a week. How yeah. do you know when, like, the right time is the right time for a song that you thought about a year and a half ago? You know, with a girl watching a movie. You know, like, how, yeah. like, dude, like, do you have a hard drive? Like, how do you know? It's unbelievable. I love it. Yeah, it is. Funny. I, I don't even really know. Like, it's like, and sometimes with songs like that, I think that you write very quickly. You can almost put it down to like, it was too easy. So you just kind of, I don't know if you, you maybe don't appreciate it enough until a little later. And right. I think it's interesting how sometimes songs can just take on different meanings kind of as you come back to them later or you change one little phrase and the whole song changes. So it is definitely like songwriting is like the closest thing to like magic. So it is a little hard sometimes to, to know why this works or doesn't work or how it happens and all those things. Absolutely. Hamish, you're being so good with your time. Thanks, man. But uh, you know, your songwriting, I mean, even in songs like you from 2016, from the 2016 album, you know, I loved man, how you always tiptoe the line, even when you're talking about universal themes like love, mm -hmm. you don't go one way or the other. 
like I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, it, with these things, it's easy to go really dramatic, either in, in the dark side or in the light side. Yeah. And you always do this thing, man. I, I don't know, you is coming to mind, but there's a few others. Where th- that you just tiptoed this beautiful line of what love is really about, like this gray area, man. Just like you do mm-hmm. it such a beautiful way. How do you do that, man, as a songwriter? Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I think it's really, I think everyone's always like a kind of sum of their influences and what they grow up listening to. And I yeah. think because, you know, growing up, like my favorite songwriters were always like Bob Dylan and Tom Petty and George Harrison. And I feel like they, they kind of did that a lot in their writing. Like, I think like, um, I think like something by George Harrison is an example of it's a love song, but it it could kind of be about anything. Like with sure. George Harrison songs particularly, you were like he could be singing about a woman, or he could be singing about like a higher spirit, or like a higher spirit, right? Yeah, all these different things, and I think that's just something that probably because I loved all that music. Hopefully, it just kind of was something that I took away from it and tried to put my own spin on. I guess sure. Sure. And I think it's always good because I do think there's a trend now with like certain songwriters where they tell you exactly what their song is about. And it's very laid out of like, I wrote this song about my breakup with this person and blah, blah. And that to me is less exciting because I always like, I don't really care what, you know, Rolling Stones songs about or a Bob Dylan song because I kind of take it and put my own, yeah. you know, how I relate to it. And that's more interesting to me, I think, than having everything explained like I agree. 100%. Yeah. I agree, man. That's what makes your music so great, man. Well, listen, you're being so good with your time. You know, like before the pandemic, you were playing stateside quite a bit. You know, you played uh, in Napa Valley, the mm-hmm. the wine one that's skipping my name right now. You played all over, man. Uh, Bottle Rock, yeah, yeah. Bottle Rock, yeah. You played a yeah. bunch of you played a bunch of stuff, man. When we'd love to have you back, man. This is you know your 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 output right now is it, it begs to be played. What what are your plans, brother? Yeah, well, basically, in uh, I think next month, I'm going up here in Australia. I'm going to uh, Queensland. Yeah. doing a festival up there so that'll be kind of the first time playing live in a little bit cool and then doing some more australia shows and then at the end of july august i'm planning to come back to the states Perfect. and i want to um i want to finally finish this album that everything starts again and yeah morning light and these songs are going to be on finish the rest of those do some gigs in america and kind of start it you know start it up again because it's been Man. before the pandemic i was based in america for the past like five years so it's like i'm very keen to get back and kind of, you know, get back to playing live and doing that stuff. Man, you look rejuvenated. You know, your energy, your passion. <laughs> you just look like you're about to take over the world. It's really fascinating. Can't wait, man. Yeah. No, me too. I mean, I do feel, I think after like, you know, obviously all the lockdowns and things, it's like as soon as you, yeah. I've just been in rehearsals and it's like as soon as you're playing again with a drummer and a bassist, it's like, oh, this is what I do. Like finally I feel, you know, rejuvenated again. Absolutely, brother. Well, man, you got a champion here in Nashville. Thank you so I much for your time, Hamish. Have Thanks a great day, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, you too. All the I- best. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.